All right. So today on, on success sakes, we had Kate Cudbertson, um, or Kate Cud, as some people may know her, Kate she's Cud. a manager. Kate Cud. Yeah. She's a manager from, uh, Adelaide, I believe. And you know, for anybody that's about to tune in the story's incredible. She dropped out of high school at 15. She's moving around the world, China, London, you know, New York, whatever. And, you know, she got her start really like just helping out um, an artist that goes by the name of FKJ and was immediately thrown into like a wild touring experience into management experience. Um, She's got incredible stories, incredible insight. And, you know, it was just a a overall just a really fun conversation. And she's just a dope person. Uh, Definitely. I think you guys will really enjoy inspiring executives, inspiring managers. This is definitely about a story um, with adversity, pushing through adversity, being naive and just, you know, working hard and following your instinct. So really, really caring, like Payne says in the, in the interview, she cares, she cares a lot. Somebody who really cares about helping their artists and uh, yeah. Enjoy. This is um, success. Aches. We're back. And we have Kate Cudbertson with us today from Australia, but she lives in LA. Um, Kate is somebody I've known for a little bit of time at this point. She manages a bunch of artists, um, including FKJ and, um, you know, the Sundrop Garden, Manjola, Mia Garcia, um, you know, a bunch bunch of people and, and has incredible taste. And Kate and I have gotten to know each other and become good friends and I'm excited to have you here on success aches with us to talk a little bit about you know your story and your journey and we'll just jump on in I guess yeah thanks for having me uh thank you thank you for for coming and sharing the platform um of course I met Kate through through Troy and have gotten to know her um for the last couple months and weeks and it's been really really fun to find someone who's just as passionate as helping creatives as I am. So it's really tough, but actually even more passionate to tell you the truth. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a competition. It's just dope that you care. You know, I can really tell that you care. And that's like, that's something that um, any creative or anybody, when you bring somebody in as a partner, that is one of the number one things, man, because you can't pay people to care and be passionate about you. So that's really tough. Yeah. No, that's true. Very true. I think when we when we, we we can dive on in because I always love like uh, the first time we met Kate and you told me your story, it was one of those moments where I, it was like a movie in my head, you know, <laughs> just like thinking about all the things that you went through to get your footing and get stuck excuse me but just thinking about like all the things that you did to get your footing and to get started you know was was such a fun story and probably so stressful at the time for you in a lot of ways um but yeah I think like Payne said you know doing it out of the passion of of trying to help people that you identify as like artists that inspire you um kind of like accomplish their goals and make the things that they want to make come to life in in the greatest sort of form so um we can jump on in yeah so i think if you could give us just a little bit of insight into like you know your general background you know i think one of the things that's really um 
that I think is important to point out is you, you didn't go to college. You, you know, you, you went straight into just working basically um, at an extraordinarily young age. And I think it's important to talk about too, because, you know, like when I came out of school, high school, college degrees, they were required for, um, you know, at least the job that I did when I went to work at Endeavor and big entertainment companies. And I think re I've seen recently, you know, a lot of these people have waived that requirement. And I think it's really cool because there's a lot of young people that are ready to just get to it and um, have a ton of value that they can provide companies, artists, creators, brands. And, um, you know, I know you kind of took this route before it was uh, popular um, or advised or really even an option in certain places. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, so it kind of started, as you said, like I, I didn't, I dropped out of high school um, at about 15 uh, and then just kind of continued to do a bunch of different things that then eventually led me into music. Um, a large part of that, I think, was the, the hospitality world. There was so much crossover and that that taught me so much about how to really like converse and like communicate and just connect with people um, on like the serving level for the customers and then obviously for the tight teams that you have to work with under high pressure. Um, the late nights, the casualty of it as well. There was a lot of crossover with the music world that helped me pivot into that. But um, when I left school, I, I didn't have the idea of like, oh, this is a brilliant idea. I'm going to drop out of school and, and work in the music world. I had no idea what I was going to do, um, but I was just lucky enough to, I think, keep seeing the signs and keep trusting those signs and keep trusting my gut with how it felt when I came across those things. Um, and yeah, just sort of, I, I still do, I still do that today, really. I try to, it, it gets a little bit harder, I think, as we get older, we get a little bit more clouded by, you know, that adult conditioning in a way. So sometimes I do need to like take a step back and ground myself again and remember like why I'm doing things or, or what to listen to, but yeah. That was very it's, it's short so story. Being, it's so much fun being naive at the same time, though. Like, yeah. just naive chasing and, like, going super duper hard just because you love it. Um, totally. And you miss some of that, you know? You miss some of that feeling. But at yeah. the same time, it's like, it can get ridiculous, you know, yeah. when you think about some of the things that, like, you, you are willing to do and willing to sacrifice yeah. just trying to chase it yeah yeah absolutely and, and looking back on you know finding old emails or or looking back on the things that I did do to to get somewhere was is so cringy as well but really impressive and, and amazing at the same time and I'm glad I you know I'm really glad that I started really young um because it, it really allowed me that time for that naivety um even though I think you can still carry that on into you know your adult life and start anything at any age if you're mm -hmm. passionate enough but I think there was something to to say for that usefulness of of naivety about the whole world and myself as well as the music world do you ever yeah. cross paths with people that you've quote unquote sent those cringy emails to and they're just 
you know, from my experience, like when I did my, when I'm a version of that, they're like, Oh, wow. You did email me like at this time or like, yo, like I, I didn't realize that was you that sent that email or, or I remind them like, Hey, I emailed you in 2012 and look at us now we're here, you know? Um, yeah. And I always find it to be like yeah. kind of a good moment. No, yeah, no, it happens quite a lot, actually. Um, whether it's like those people coming back around to me now, like being yeah. like, oh, we want to we want to work with you. Or we want to work with your artist. Whereas I was like begging them yeah. to work with me before. Um, but I don't have any I don't have too many like bad experiences either. I Maybe I do. I'm just probably a bit oblivious oblivious because I just had that tunnel vision of like, you know, blinders on for anything else. <clears throat> but um, yeah for sure I've it still happens like on a much like shorter basis as well like I'll send something you know last month and read it this month and be like oh <laughs> but that just goes to show how quickly and like our our um our speed of growth though especially I think in cities like you know LA or New York or you know Austin it's you, you don't realize just how much you're doing every day because it's just the part of everything you do but you take a step out of it and you're like whoa <laughs> um yeah so yes in answer to your question yes i cringe constantly <laughs> <laughs> what was give us a little bit of insight into into what like where you consider like like the start that's kind of led you to here because i always feel like like you know like i believe but in the concept like work breeds work you know like when you start working it leads to more work it leads to more opportunities so if you can just talk a little bit about like that actual moment in time, you know, whenever you were 15 or 16 and, and kind of take us from there. Mm. Um, specifically in music, it, it was started for me uh, in the industry side of things. When I first understood or learned that there was an industry, a music industry, that was when I was 18 and living in London. But, to give a bit of context, uh, when I was 15, I dropped out. Um, I thought it was a good idea to go to China for a little bit. Um, I took myself there because I, I don't know, I just always wanted to find something that wasn't the conventional path. And for me, at the time, I was really tall and weird looking and I thought modeling was going to be that for me. Until I very quickly learned that was not the thing. Um, but I went, took myself to China for that. And then came back to Australia and just earned a bunch of money in hospitality as a, not a bunch of money, but like, you know, hospitality wage, just like saving up everything I could because I wasn't in school and then used that money to then, I, I moved to London the day I turned 18 um, and I had a little bit of savings behind me and that was where it clicked for me in the music world or where I first discovered musicians mm -hmm. and, and their minds and and how fascinated I was by the community in, in the music world as well. I was, I was pouring beers at this local pub and it just happened to be where all the industry people and like the really cool like indie bands would hang out. And, and I just remember being so fascinated by, by this, this community. So that was sort of where it really made me feel, I think, a part of something for the first time um even as as an 18 year old so i just made it kind of my mission to just learn about what they do what they like 
Um, so I had even something to talk to them about. I was like, oh God, like I need to, I need to learn about like David Bowie or, or like, you know, I need to learn about this, like any sort of a musician that, that that particular group of people that they really respected, I would just, yeah, I would do the research just so I had talking points so they'd like me, you know, like, and, and that kind of developed into this somewhat like obsession for the overall music industry and music itself. Um, so in that yeah. process, did it become like clear to you when did it become when did it become clear to you in what capacity that you wanted to work for an artist like was there somebody that you saw was like oh i want to do that's that's it that's what i want to do yeah it's funny you say that because there was this one really really pivotal moment um i was at this pub that i was working at and some of the guys that also worked at the pub um came in for a meeting they were musicians they were in a band they came in at like 11 12 o'clock like noon and they sat at the back of the pile of was there was no one else in there and they were all like looking a little bit like not nervous but they were definitely like on edge of like or like waiting for somebody and then this woman walked in and it was the first time I hadn't seen it was the first time I saw I think a, a female in that power mm. or just power in herself I mean um as well because typically everyone that was in and around the music world were men um and this woman walked in and she went she, she like just held herself in like such a way and went and sat with the guys and I asked them afterwards who it was and um they were like oh like that was our manager and little like 18 year old me brain exploded and I just then went down like a pretty deep rabbit hole of of asking questions of what a manager does and and how do I do it so she was I have no idea who she is and I, I still to this day but I just have such a clear picture in my mind of being like I I want to do that so That's yeah crazy. that was that was no idea she inspired you to like literally I know I should hit up the I should hit up the band actually yeah. and be like remember your manager like over 10 years ago <laughs> uh, but yeah it was yeah it was a really it was a really pivotal moment for me in deciding what I wanted to do yeah what was um what was like your first job in music at that point <laughs> um I was licking envelopes as an intern for nice. sending out like this is you know this was back in 2010 or 11 so I, there was like still when I was where I was interning for this PR company in London, as well as like working for five pounds an hour at the pub. Um, so I'd worked there all during the day and night. And then like in my lunch break, whatever, I'd, I'd go and intern. And yeah, a lot of it was just like licking, mailing out, mailing out CDs. So Obviously it was still... I bet you were so happy doing it too, right? I thought I was the coolest. Like I used to just type, like I would have this like old tiny like little Dell laptop and I would just pretend like I would, this is embarrassing, I would just type as if I worked in music. Like I, I, I would make things up like just because I felt cool like writing about music or writing about musicians or writing a to-do list. I had nothing to do. But um, I wanted to feel that. I don't know. It was it was strange, but yeah, uh, it was amazing. Um, 
but then I went back to Australia and and didn't really know where to start. Like any contacts I had were in London. Um, Why'd you go so back? So it was a, it was a difficult. Why? Yeah. Um, there was, I don't know. It was getting. It was like two years by this point that I was sort of living on my own in London and trying to pay my way and figure out what I was doing. And remembering I was still only like. 19 maybe 20 by this point um and something happened in london with like a friend of mine that was that was pretty traumatic so that triggered a lot of like oh i needed to go home and see my family so yeah that's why got you got you yeah i think it's um you know there's like like pain kind of has his version and, and I didn't start in music. Like, you know, I started in entertain more like entertainment on the film side that brought me to music, but just the idea, like something that I think is always good to point out is like the amount of like jobs that people do, especially early on to try to like get going and, and get their, their foot in, you know, because I just remember like, I wanted to work in entertainment so bad. I wanted to work in, in music so bad. Um, but I was like, yo, like any job, anything I can do to get in here is going to teach me something is going to bring me somewhere, you know, like yeah. I P I inter interned at a PR firm. I worked as a casting assistant, like reading lines for actors in like a random shipping container, like somewhere in LA, you know, <laughs> like, I don't know if they were real movies or not, or real TV shows, but I put it on my <laughs> resume. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I think it's like, you know, it's such a part of the journey that I just like want to point out because the longer you go through like the process and the longer you work in something, the more I think you start to find your footing and like what you actually like identify as like your core like strengths, right? Um, yeah. And I think it'd be cool to just hear a little bit about just the madness of of jobs and and roles you were taking on and like your mindset is inspiring to me, especially early on, um, because yes, like there's a combination of right place and right time, but also just like a willingness to work, you know? And I want people to like, really like understand what I mean when I say that, because you were like, all right, cool. I want to work in music. I like what this person's doing, not knowing that how many years it would take you to start to feel like your own version of that person you're seeing. But mm -hmm just being willing to be like, I'm going to go work this. I'm going to go work that. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to take that. Okay, cool. Somebody needs me to do that. You know, somebody needs this. I'll, I'll be that person, you know, and just trying those things. So I'd love for you to just go through, and I know we're kind of like, you know, obviously going in chronological order, but I'd love to go through your back in Australia and like where it goes from there, because I really do want to cover that side of, of your process, because I think it's important. You know, a lot of people want to get into a business, especially music and entertainment. And they think like, I apply to this job and then I do that and then I do that. And it's like, even if on paper, that's what it says, like it nine out of 10 times turns out to be like a whole bunch of shit you never could have thought of. Um, yeah. 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 And I think is well, like where it started when I got back, I mean, actually, even when I was in London, but then when I got back to Australia, it was like, you just got to be willing to work a, for free, like a lot. And I just saw it as my study, like I was just studying, like my interning and working for free for other people. For sure, they took advantage of that. And it was like, it got to the point where now I look back on what I was getting, what I was doing for people as an intern, like, so not okay. But I mean, 
I, I wasn't paying any sort of tuition fees for, for college or for university. And I saw it as like, like accumulating hours of, of knowledge of study. So if you're kind of expecting, I don't know, maybe it's different now, but like I, if you're expecting payment or you're doing it for money, like get into a different industry. <laughs> Do better things for money early on. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, if, if that's what it's about, uh, and it, then I just, I would probably recommend not, not looking, looking at this world because the way I found so much value was in, in relationships, in my, in knowledge, in, in the whole process was just constantly being available, like dropping anything and doing it and, and volunteering, interning. Um, so that's what I did when I got back to Australia. I, I was actually, um, I remember I was just backstage at this festival. Um, my boyfriend at the time worked in production and was a stage manager. And um, so I was sitting side stage and just seeing all the huge, like, like the semi-trailers, like the trucks out the back and seeing all the crew come together, like that energy backstage. I was like, whoa, like I need to be a part of this. Um, so that was also another really triggering point. Um, that particular day of, of seeing it all come together and like I don't know even just it shows like you're at a big uh, you know like a stadium show or something you look up and like seeing all the rigging and like that always really fascinated me as well um, so that's when I was like I need to be in and around music festivals so then I started uh, volunteering as like artist liaison or picking up trash um, at festivals just just to be in it um, and because the more you say, the more you do it, the more you can put it on a resume and say, oh, like, you just put the festival name and, like, volunteer artist liaison. Like, I don't know. It, it, you start accumulating more and more of those types of things and, and you, you, it does look good. Um, so, yeah, um, that was sort of the process then. Mm. All right, cool. So you're, you're at, yeah, you're working these festivals and it's interesting. I've always like thought of you and production as like synonymous and probably because of like the work of I've seen of FKJs, like, especially you watch like the circle performance or you mm -hmm. see like any of the live stuff, really, you're like, damn, the production is always, even if it's yeah. simple and he's just literally looping himself, playing every single instrument ever created by man like he's you know it's like there's a there's a heavy production aspect in, that goes into it um yeah. so it's it's interesting to to hear like you know like you started by being fascinated by that side and then yeah. like you get led to working with you know um fkj which i believe at the time that he had just dropped like his album right um french kiwi juice yeah, or not yet when i met him he hadn't dropped it yet um, oh, okay, okay. I met him at the end of 2016 and he dropped it on 3rd of March, 2017. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so, so you gotta, you gotta kind of dive into the story of how, of how you met him. Cause yeah. again, like, I just think it's inspiring. Like I know when we met three years ago, whatever, I was like, damn, like, like I had already gotten started in music and I was super inspired by the way that it kind of came together. And I think it's, mm -hmm. uh, it's just a great story. Yeah. It, it is a great story. Thank you. Um, yeah. It's it really was like Wait, it, it, it's one of those stories, by the way. Like I'm just put I'm putting this out now that like in 
30 years i could see like a move like one of those movies i'm being like super hollywood cheesy but i could see like one of those movies being made you know like i think of like superman or some shit and i'm like like kate sits down and like tells this story you know like 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 this is like how i feel about this type of story i just want to put that out there as like a preface we can we can run lines in the shipping container in la exactly go go back to your grassroots Um, exactly but yeah it's it was it was a it was a pretty wild time. 2016 was crazy. Like I had come to America for the first time and tried to get a job here and and thought I did and was absolutely heartbroken, like shattered when that fell through. So I went back to Australia again just to try and I just got myself a working visa for the US, which was kind of a miracle in itself. Um, because I had no job to actually apply the working visa to, it was, was a little say, bit. Like... Yeah, I just spent I spent every cent that I had on this visa and and didn't have anywhere to use it. So went back to Australia with my tail between my legs, um, and went back into working in bars full time and tried to work the summer like festival season in Australia and just I don't know. It was then in this really really incredible place of just like acceptance of it all I I I don't know I honestly sometimes I still feel like I'm like chasing the dragon of getting back into that mental state that I was in in 2016 I was like meditating every day it was the first time I think that I discovered mindfulness and just very coincidentally while I was in that space I I met FKJ and also just noting like I was a obsessed with fkj before i met him like what you're talking about with the production and seeing like i was blown away he played the first video i saw of his was um open the door at by eaton messy at the london red bull studios and i just uh, yeah anyway i was very obsessed so i met him um at the end of 2016 at a festival and I must have played it like relatively cool because six years later I'm managing him but yeah it it was just this very serendipitous sort of coming together and I just remember meeting him and his manager at the time and a couple of their other friends that were also there um and I remember going back home to my mom the next day and, and she said, like, you know, how was your night last night? And I, and I remember so vividly saying, like, I, I met these people that are going to change my change my life. It sounds really cringy and cheesy, but, oh, but that's, that's, that's what I said. And and it was true. Like, it was such a strong, overwhelming uh, gut feeling. Um, so, yeah, I after I met with them, uh I like had to beg for the night off of work because I was still working hospitality to spend time with them. And then they invited me to San Francisco in about three weeks out from, from New Year's actually at the time. So I booked it because I had my working visa. I booked like a, a one-way ticket to, to New York. And well, initially I went to San Francisco, hung out with them for a week to like sort of keep exploring what this weird connection was um and I went out there and I met June who's the Sundrop Garden um and I started managing her as well and initially actually and 
then it just sort of kept continuing with FKJ. And I moved to New York uh, after the San, San Fran trip. Everyone split, went back to their different parts of the world on the FKJ camp. And I was sort of whirling. I was like, what just happened? Like I just, my favorite artist, I just spent a week with them in San Francisco. And now I'm living in New York. I got there on like my 25th birthday, sitting in this room that had like no windows just with my life in like a suitcase and just being like, what the fuck have I done? Uh, Cause I had no job. I only had money to, I covered my first month rent, but I had to find a job within three, four weeks. Otherwise I would have had to move back to Australia cause I couldn't keep affording to live in, in New York. And then within that time period, again, I just kept offering to FKJ's manager at the time saying like, Hey, like, if you need anything, like I can tour manage. I can I, can't, I couldn't. I lied. Um, but it's like I can do all these things. Like if you, whatever you need, I'm here. Yeah. And um, he 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 took me up on that. Probably somewhat. Yeah, he probably regrets that decision a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so once he so so now you're the tour manager now, right? So yeah. So. So how did you find out how to tour manage? Because now, like, when was your, like, <laughs> so you've been asking to to have a role, asking to have a role in any capacity, yeah. and you get the role of tour manager. Now, yeah. you guys wow. that don't know what tour managers do, they do a lot, like, a lot, especially when it comes to organizing, um, transportation, uh even production, um, even in they the early stages. They are superhuman. Yeah. In the early stages, definitely doing production manager too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When you're first starting oh, yeah. with an artist. So yeah. talk me through how you like approach that process of like learning what to do. Um, I just did not. I sat at my laptop in that apartment in New York day in, day out and just like I had this like a4 notebook and I would just I, I don't know like I I didn't I don't remember sleeping much I don't remember eating much I definitely don't remember getting any fresh air um and I just googled and I just I I call I, I contacted the the one thing though it was like because I'd volunteered at these festivals because I'd gone to London when I was 18 because I'd met so many people by this point and become friendly enough with them to be like, yo, like I'm now in this position, don't ask me how, but can I, can you help me? Yeah. Um, like, can I just ask you dumb questions? Uh, so I, I did. And, and that's the thing as well. That's the thing, like, that was so tour managers, production managers, people that work in live music, I cannot like, express appreciation for crew more if I tried like their willingness to like help others and I think because they know how hard the job is that there's such a yeah I was really lucky that there was some people I honestly can't remember who some of them were because I was just grappling any contact that contact I had um, and asking them questions so yeah everyone was yeah really willing to help so I would just take notes and and then copy those notes and I think 
I think a lot of people helped me. Like I remember even like the bus company that I was talking, like they could tell. I yeah. had no idea. They were like, whoa, like this, she's green, but God, yeah. she doesn't shut up. Like <laughs> it was just that element of like, she's, she's still there every day. Like I think trying yeah. and I just had no shame in that's bringing it back to the naivety I had no idea how bad I was at this yeah but you had the best experiences like doing it and like actually like yeah the best like teachers like actually experiencing just doing it just learning day by day and kudos also to FKJ because when I took tour manager I didn't know that it meant I needed to do the production as well (laughs) and then he was just like oh like have you done anything before and I, I I was honest and I said no so I flew to Paris to do like a studio session with him so he could like show me what his gear is and I man I anxiety was like through the roof constantly um because I had no idea what I was doing I had to take photos of everything I would like have my own little like codes and like language of like what I understood what different parts of the equipment were in my own terms and like i'd yeah i just have to yeah really figure it out and then even in the even the most experienced tour manager like every single day no day is the same there are so many elements that go wrong there's so many Mm -hmm. things that go wrong because you're you're taking a moving show from city to city so like plugs could go out like yeah. like somebody's voice could like it's like a whole thing uh, so. yeah and humans as well like I was tour managing at the time there was I was tour managing the two and production managing the two support acts as well who are also from France uh the lighting guy the did we have a lighting guy at the time I don't think we did the uh, sound guy so it was like this maybe five or five like French men and and me and I don't I don't speak French still to this day so that was really not that was really interesting navigating you know cultural differences language differences around America which I had never experienced either like America is new to me too so um and I now know way more about America and the American music industry far more than I do about Australia um yeah I think also like one of those elements that you got to experience, which is pretty unique is what, like you told me once you went from like 400 cap to Mm. 5,000 cap venues. And it was like, what on the road for like three straight years. Yeah. Well that, that growth period. um, I mean, granted we did do like the 400 cap was a strategic kind of like undersell, but Mm -hmm. still it wasn't like that wildly out of the ballpark of what we could sell anyway. So we did, this was in London. We did like 400, October 2018 and then October 2019 we did um, Brixton Academy with a roundhouse in there as well which is like 1.5 or 6 maybe um, yeah so that that growth period was was huge and that changes a lot because initially it was just me doing the uh, tool managing and the production so to then find the right team I was very I held it so close to my chest I was very protective of it um so then to that we we had a lot of uh, I made a lot of mistakes in in 
what team members I brought on and why I brought them on. Initially, I was doing it because I wanted them to connect and protect Vincent emotionally mm-hmm. on the tour because it's so hard. So I was looking for tour managers that I thought he'd connect with on that level and be comfortable yeah. with physically and mentally. Yeah. Uh, whereas now I've, especially how he's grown as a person and as a performer, yeah. it's it's about the job now. You've just got to, oh, like, it's not. I mean, obviously don't be an asshole. But, oh, like, right. but that makes so much sense because I definitely understand the value of being a tour manager that's emotionally being able to like be there for them in the early stages because yeah. that's exactly who, who I was in the early but that's stages. the thing yeah. you, you two have like that it's that kind of in connection when you think about like where yeah. you started pain and like where really not even where you started where it really ended up by the end yeah. of your time on the road was like your job was to make sure everybody was just straight right yeah. and then like Kate it's interesting that you thought you should hire for that probably because it's to a degree like it's like this weird thing where like artists are on the road they're kind of like these like figures that are elusive to a degree because we see them on stage we see them under lights and production and they meet people like you right or like pain you've seen it a million times on yeah. the road with people where it's like they, they meet somebody like this person just should be around this person should come on the road right or this person mm-hmm. should should do these things and it's like however you want to look at it, like romance, you know, there's a romantic side to it. Like there's all these kind of like weird sort of narratives and I'm being very like Hollywood about this again. But I think, um, I think it's like, it's interesting that you had like kind of that experience, Kate, and then looked for it to a degree when like hiring people, like there needs to be people that like fit this vibe, right? Yeah like and then in reality it's like you said it's like it you need people that are just gonna get the job done you know you need people that are yeah. like gonna be professional and and do work to a certain place it's like they don't need that as much i want to say or they can find that in different places but you need exactly. a person that is being the tour manager to be able to handle that level of like production and that level of yeah. like artists for sure like expertise yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think as long as they hold the thing that I think um, I can pride myself on with my artists, not just FKJ, but it's it's finding the teams for them that are going to represent them accurately and appropriately in the industry in all of their fields. And that's something that's really important to me, that they understand how we want to present like I and and that's where it sort of comes from just the core values of what I share with my artists is as who we are as people take music away from it like how we like to be treated how we like to treat others um how we like to collaborate how we like to work with others that that's really important to that that's my job that's my responsibility to hire the right team around these artists and build that network and that brains trust um and you know that's so much so it's so important on the road because also someone that's off it, it really affects like especially an artist or uh, not an artist i should say a human and a person like fkj like he's so intuitive mm. like that dude can read someone's character before 
they've even stepped into the room. Like he knows, I think he, he's very aware. He's, he's, he's a very good judge of characters. So I, I have to be as good. Mm. Um, and usually now I, I hope, you know, he, he trusts me with that. When I say I like someone and I say, I reckon you'll like this person, you're like, okay, cool. Mm. Um, and, you know, I think he has a trust in me of, of how I represent him because um, it's super important I mean imagine you know imagine you manage I don't know say like it I I would be super particular about that if I was an artist because we're just extensions of them oh, um, so awesome. yeah in the in the live world it's it is it, it is really important as well it's also like just representative of like the growth of like becoming like a professional it's like yeah. you know of like <laughs> he's he's a he or anybody else that's an artist talented artist right learn like learns how to make music let's say at an early age or whenever then has to learn how to tour has to learn how to be like an act how to be an artist how to be an entertainer in their own right and part of that growth is you know this is like what you're talking about is part of that process of growth it's like early stages it's new to him just like it is to and it would be to anybody else even if one of the three of us picked up an instrument and we're lucky enough to go on the road and and have that type of career right so mm-hmm. it's just interesting to think about um that process i think from from their lens and how yeah. you're talking about it from what they need what you thought they needed versus what actually is needed well yeah totally because i mean FKJ needed someone when I first came on. He needed someone who knew something about production. Yeah. I was not that, but I was not what he needed. Yeah. Uh, really, if I'm being totally honest about it, like I, I mean, I was in ways, obviously, because the, the relationship has continued to develop. But, you know, technically speaking, he needed someone who could plug in his keyboard without, you know. <laughs> messing it up he needed someone who knew what an xlr was or what an sm58 is or what you know the most basic things to just get make sound happen that's what he needed but um so you know he's been incredibly patient with me uh through this process of of our just our whole journey yeah and you didn't you didn't know that you would need to know all these things obviously but i think you know, during COVID, like one thing I learned was like basic, like video editing, or like I bought, you know, Mm. like even production programs to learn, like, I mean, like the basics of how just how like, a like a beat is made, right? Because I figured Mm. like, this is going to help me talk to people I work with, if I just Mm. can understand certain things, because I hate that feeling of being like in a studio or in a room with an artist or creative and they're using a phrase or a verb, like a verb, like some sort of verbiage or words that are pretty much a different language for their Mm -hmm. hobby, their craft. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, you don't have like the luxury of knowing that that some of those things that you would need to know, but I think it is like a good thing to point out that if you think like, Hey, like I want to represent producers, I want to work with artists, like, like what's their process? Like what, like generally is the process and how can you like, study it a little bit and invest into learning mm-hmm. a little bit about what they learn because you like when I learned video editing just the basics and it was like two weeks of the most frustrating two weeks and I put myself through it when I didn't have to I was just bored and I was that's like, what's impressive I can't do that but you did it you did it under way more pressure right like exactly I can't you, do it. if that pressure's not there like to just actually sit down a bit 
want to teach myself some video editing. That sounds like a nice activity. I had nothing to do. I was bored. And trust me, I'd rather have had something to do at the time. I was like, (laughs) shit was falling apart for for us. I was like, man, (laughs) fuck this shit. So I was like, I either go crazy in my room or, you know, I learned basic video editing and it worked because like me and Payne are here yeah. and we're able to do shit like this, which we, we both yeah. genuinely enjoy and, and enjoy having these conversations. But yeah, you know, I really relate to just that, what you're saying, not the amount of pressure, but we're saying of like sitting in a room being like, what the fuck is this? Like an XLR cable is so basic, but at the time you might've been like, what the fuck is even an XLR? I cable? used to, you know what I was remembering the other day? And sorry if I'm like rambling too much here, by the way, but like I used to, oh crap. I used to, in the middle of shows when there was a problem, like, cause I had to, I was, I had to fix it. Like while he was playing, like there was a, there's a whole crowd there. Like there was some times I remember where I remember being in India and we were at the end of this whole of the whole 2017 we had done like a world tour we were at the almost at the end of it and i was like broken by this point like spiritually mentally physically um and i remember just being i remember looking at vincent on stage being like i'll fix it i had no idea what the problem was i didn't know how to fix it and i just went out the back and i cried mid-show and and just because I was like I don't know what to do like and and I came back and I was like all right just had to breathe my way through it and and honestly just like I'm not super religious but like praying that 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 a solution or that it would fix itself or that he'd have a that he'd have a good show and came back found a solution or he managed to find a solution on stage and yeah I just uh, there was a lot of like going off and, and crying backstage because <laughs> <laughs> so I just funny. I didn't know what to do I didn't know how to fix it you know like but I would do everything I could in my power to fix it if that meant like screaming at someone that was like on side of stage really again really leaning into crew members because they could you know they could see how passionate I was maybe um yeah you were like Sometimes it's like that. Sometimes like everything is going wrong and you just don't know what to you do. Just, <laughs> yeah. I was just stuck on the spot. I was like, I I can't when you're at that point, usually, I mean, because as a manager, as a production manager, I think, you know, to a manager, I mean you're prob you're you're a professional problem solver. Yeah. That's your job. Without and even a lot as of management. Time. Yeah. That sometimes you do just go, you're stumped. And you're just like, I, I threw my hat, like, I don't know what to do anymore. But I think that like speaks to the importance of what you're saying too, of like you genuinely having like an affinity towards like crew and like, you know, there's any nerds out here that love like production or live, right? Like a lot of people, a lot of managers, I'll say from my experience, don't have a lot of patience for crew. Like a lot do, but a lot also don't right? Because they're often speaking a different language. This is my perspective. I could be completely wrong. There's people that have made it 20 times further than I ever will, who might be like, nah, like you're, you're just wrong. But what I've seen is, is a lot of managers be like, yo, I don't know the language you're speaking. Just get it done, get it fixed, get it going, make it work. I don't care what it takes. You're saying this venue doesn't have that. I don't care. It's supposed to work. Right. And 
then crews have this stigma at times and the stereotype of being like grumpy, frustrated, angry, rude, short, whatever it is, right? And yeah. if you like we're talking about like young Kate in an environment and again, like heavy production environment, really finely curated shows, um, not knowing what the fuck to do. If you don't have that relationship with those people around you where they actually care about helping you, you're risking yeah. somebody just being like, I'll just act like I don't know how to do it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'll just like, you know what? Yeah. I just won't help this person, you know? There's because There is. Yeah, there was there's some of that for sure. But like, focus on the good stuff for sure for sure but i'm saying like the importance of that you know of like yeah of of really just keeping those things in mind because i i don't know like i'm i'm fanning out a little bit right now because i think it's actually and i've seen pain be in the situation um and you know he was in it way before i was around but it's a really impressive thing to mentally get through and mm. how it gets solved is not always about knowing the exact solution it's just about being willing to constantly look for the solution in that moment and talk to everybody and get something done so it ultimately plays and so that the fans and people know as little about what was happening that was a problem behind the scenes as possible um, yeah. and it's impressive and it's really really hard to do um, especially when you don't know how this shit works, because then yeah. your confidence is, is usually pretty low at those stages. Yeah. Uh, could you also talk about, I mean, just being a woman tour manager as well? Like, how, mm -hmm. you know, I think, I think the, the, there is a conception that like being a woman in power that you have to be an asshole. Like, yeah. Did you have to, were were you were were you intimidated in a, a lot of these spaces? Like, did you have to 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 um be a little bit extra to gain respect? Like, how was that process for you? Just being a woman, being a tour manager, and just trying to make sure that people trusted you, but also respected you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I was constantly terrified um and i think that kind of manifested into a confidence that wasn't real but on the outside and on, on a it put it, it gave me this like facade because because it was so i think my internal fear of like doing it wrong or because i i knew that i had no idea what i was doing um if I, I I couldn't let that show so I had to sort of front and that's something that I've really learned like quite recently as well in in the live world but also learning how to learning to be a, a manager and dealing with labels and publishers and, and just all of those different relationships is I think initially I came from a place of fear instead of coming from that place of like self-confidence or kindness um because yeah you you do you are told that like you know I think in society generally like to be a, a boss or something you've got to have this masculine kind of energy which we've been told and taught is like you know being this authority figure being like being you know not bossy but like you know having that that sense of self and having that uh 
precise sort of direction and in, in what you say and how you say it and that confidence and arrogance as well like that that's the best way forward but mm. I mean it's not and I think a lot of like men are learning that now as well um but yeah in answer to your question I, I would I did go in and some instances it was really dependent on it was really dependent on the person that I was really with that was in front of me at that point as well like if I could tell if I picked up on a nicer energy from someone that was in a venue or whatever and I could see that there was a bit of a softness to them of, of compassion or something for maybe my situation I really lent into that yeah and I kind of let myself just collapse into them their yeah. kindness and and I'd let them help me That's but amazing. when I could when I could sense that someone was exactly like those guys that were like I'm not going to help you then yeah I turned into a I, I mirrored that energy and I turned into what I needed to, to yeah. be, to, to get the job done because yeah. there are some people like, and I think that's something that really helped me is like being able to read people quite well. Um, that, yeah. And, and then in turn, just being very versatile and a bit of a chameleon in whatever situation that you're given. Like if someone's being a dick, then sometimes you do have to, you do have to call them out and you do have to be one back. You have to be firm. But if someone's kind, then, you know, I'll mirror that too. But now, I mean, it's a bit different. Now I'm, I've got much yeah, more, I'm not quite as bipolar. Like I'm yeah. a bit more consistent in also, I how I show up. But Now that you have the knowledge, like you, yeah. you're secure in who you are, you know, you know your shit. So it's like, yeah, well, nah. we're getting there. <laughs> I feel that. But, yeah so that was that's that's still a really interesting journey and and I can that's been something that I've reflected on recently is that part of growth of like now you know showing up as me instead of what the other person is like uh, but that just comes with experience I think yeah uh, I think um I I I kind of definitely relate to the same thing because that's not my natural state to be an aggressor or to be a person who you know is like having to turn up on somebody that's not that's not how I operate and I think sometimes in this industry there are people who will kind of give you that energy but what I do know is that what can what can prevent my ego from coming out to battle theirs is knowledge because if I yeah. know if I know what I'm talking about and I'm I'm educated in the space then like you can't talk me out of my character yeah and I think sometimes yeah. it comes from fear when you get to like acting acting out and 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 being the aggressor and and saying things that you know that you probably shouldn't be saying but like if you know what you're talking about and you know how to articulate it, mm. you can be peaceful. You can honestly yeah. bring energy back. Yeah. Or on the flip side of that as well is being still quietly confident and curious in the fact that you don't know something. Definitely. Um, and I, that's something that I still very much do. Like I, will say like what are you talking about I don't know what you mean like I mean sure there are times where I just nod and smile and then quickly go to google and 
and go and figure out what they were just talking about because I really don't want to sound like too much of an idiot. But mm-hmm. when when push comes to shove and when it's like really important that I deeply understand the thing that needs to happen in order to make that sound work or you know get this show to happen or get this song out, like then I'll pretty shamelessly you know very honestly say like I don't really understand like can you please if you know if, if someone's being a bit of a jerk as well then putting it up sort of saying like well can you help me like understand it better um so yeah yeah what do you what do you think are some of the things like having this you know these years of experience under your belt getting off the road getting more to like the other side use more use the other side of the business as well now like you know not just being like straight touring and production what do you think are some of the things that you like lean on as your strong suits when it comes to just working with artists identifying artists like what excites you what do you what do you find that you connect you know usually across the board with your artists on and and you know like where do you want to like hopefully double down your efforts on going forward Mm. I think it's always generally a type of person before the art uh, that I connect with first. And I think that's what enables me to manage is, is my ability to, you know, I think a key part of well, one of my key strengths is, is how I connect with people, whether it's the artists, whether it's other people in the industry and that ability, maybe, I don't know, obviously people might be listening to this being like, well, that's not how you make me feel. But I think making people feel relatively comfortable um, that yeah enables me to have those quite strong relationships uh that obviously starts with my artists so they're usually like a all the artists I do manage do have a lot of similarities in their processes and how they work definitely their level of introspection um I think that's something I very much like share with my artists is a a level of self-awareness and self-introspection and just our general values as people and then for me, what inspires me about the artists are the ones that have such a strong vision and are gonna, you know, follow. I'm just a facilitator, you know, like I facilitate what's already on their mind and what's what what their vision and their path already is in their head. And then help them just navigate that and navigate the ups and downs of the roller coaster and give them a little heads up when there's a big dip coming or you know when we're going up or when we're going down so um yeah it's the artists that that have have such a a strong sense of self in their art that that inspire me and so many artists do don't get me wrong but um you know I think there there is a lot of artists that you know do it for all sorts of different reasons which is they're all just as valid as as the other but I think I would personally struggle to connect with Art, art, like artists that um, don't do it for a, a deeper reason, I guess. Um, and yeah, and FKJ and, and June, um, they were really sort of the pivotal artists for that for me, because they just, they've got a vision and there's no, there's, you know, it's their world, not, not ours, well, yeah. So, so, so lucky to just have, to be working with artists with vision 
and that know like what they are and and where you can just add like bringing it to life and just bringing it to life with with your passion and and, and with your ability to see their vision as well because yeah. it's uh they're they're it's also in that beginning stage it's 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 hard to to have a vision when you're just trying to find your sound and find who you are as an artist. So it's just like, I definitely don't take that for granted when I yeah. find an artist who knows who, who they are and what they want. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And also, you know, just like, I think somewhat like having that key vision is great, but, and, and so key and so important, but I think that's also a part of like the manager's job is to, if the art is there, if the music is, if they're just pumping that out no matter what, and they, it's like, they can't do anything else except make that art. Then that's where I like to step in and really help them like build that exact vision of where they're going and what they're doing. I think it's so key for management to have the larger vision because sometimes the artist do just need to focus in on what's in front of them at that current point in time or that emotion that they're processing that then turns into this beautiful piece of art and then you know that's where the manager I guess can sort of take a bit of the load of you know the overall goals yeah not not every it's interesting because like you talk about like high output you know and I, I I don't I don't know you know, all of your artists and their process and depth, right? Like, but we were lucky enough to also work with artists that, you know, I've worked with some that had extremely high output and some that didn't. And they're like very different, like types of job descriptions on our end. And I learned that the hard way. It's like, one is like, be patient because there might be one day where something incredible happens that takes two years to get there. And the other one is like, you just know you're going to have endless material and opportunity to kind of go through because this person is just a vessel for whatever they're doing, you know, um, like, you know, their bodies and their talent, their hands, their voice is just a vessel for making music or, you know, making art in general. So it's definitely, um, it's cool to hear you talk about that and, and makes me think about, you know, working with an artist that was like this and then starting to work with another artist who's more like this and having this expectation at first of like, well, this artist should be doing things because that's what I'm used to on this side as a manager. Right. And then yeah. realizing like, I have to go through like a process once or twice with this person mm -hmm. and anybody new to really start to get how they work, to have some level of patience. You know, like I talked to somebody yeah. the other day about, um, they don't work in music, but I was like, yeah, like I signed, you know, these artists and, you know, you give it like a two to like five year period. It was like, you're waiting two to five years to see if this happens. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it does sound kind of crazy, but yeah, like, yeah. you know, um, yeah, it's just crazy. One thing I, I really want to, you know, talk about before we wrap up too. one thing I think is just such a, another cool moment that you were a part of was the circle performance. Um, and I don't remember exactly, but I know like the logistics were crazy. Um, and I just think yeah. you gotta, you gotta tell that story again, just so we have it. Yeah. Uh, gosh, how did that, that was a while ago now. Um, we, that was through the guys at circle, which is this like incredible team of 
people out of France, I'm pretty sure they're out of Paris, that uh, always, you know, they film and, and record these artists, usually um, producers or DJs in like beautiful locations in nature and live stream the whole event. So the concept's amazing. Um, they had been hitting up FKJ for a while and wanted to do something with them. They suggested somewhere initially that I just didn't really think like reflected FKJ's music overly well. So I, they, they said, you know, they put the ball in my court and was like, All right, like you guys come up with somewhere, which um, I did with the help of a little bit of a spliff at the time. I just moved to California. So it was very like novel for me to be able to get high legally. Um, and so I smoked a bit of weed and then started looking for places in nature online that I thought really reflected FKJ's music. And then I saw this image of the Bolivia salt flat deserts um, that was like, like a literal reflection of like how there has the water and then like it perfectly reflects the clouds. So it just looks like you're, you're floating in the sky. Um, and yeah, I, I was just, my mind was blown that I found an image that was literally a reflection <laughs> and sent it to Vincent, who was just like, that's amazing. Like we have to do it there. So I sent it to the guys and fell asleep, kind of forgot that I sent the email, woke up the next day and they were like, okay, cool. Like, let's make this happen. Like, when can you do it? And I was like, shit, <laughs> what have I just gotten us into? So yeah, the team, the the team at Circle were amazing and pulled that off. Like I can take, I, I can't take any credit for for getting that, uh, getting that together. They handled they, all the production on that. Yeah, yeah, they handled everything. We brought over our uh, playback tech and a sound guy because all the 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 sound was like it was live. It was a live show. The sound was mixed live at the back of like a. I wish I, I should have shared some photos with you, but yeah, it was mixed at the back of like a four wheel drive, like car truck thing. Um, uh, yeah. Crazy. Like I can't, I can't imagine like the wires and the tech, like and the electricity because the Wild. water is there. So I'm like, how are they doing? Yeah. We had to like ground the power and um, it was just, we only had like there was such high pressure because we only had like a window of about you know so many hours before, while the sunlight was up yeah just for um, everybody that, that that this is it but that's like like so basically a car like that was just out there there was there was about maybe five of them and like a couple of like big trucks that are all the gear and and the because we had to put we had to get internet they had to get like signal out there like there's no wi-fi there generators in there in the cars yeah yeah yeah. we had a big we had a big generator um yeah so that was and then also there's like lightning storms so as soon as so the sun goes down like very fast as yeah, well yeah. uh and we were playing he was playing like through sunset but he was getting so inspired in the second half of the set that he like kept playing <laughs> and every, like the crew was just like all right like we still gotta bump this shit out like let's go uh so we we had to load out in pitch black um yeah it was it was definitely it was definitely an experience but yeah that team was just like none other it was incredible 
That's insane. That's insane. Oh, pitch, yeah. back, pitch back with the water there too and everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we just had to wear like these big like boots, like waterproof like boots and um Crazy. yeah but the sun as well is like you know just dealing with like the different elements of nature the sun and then the reflection alone was like you know the uv rays so like you had to like wear a bunch of sunscreen but it was cold but it's kind of hot and you know there's nowhere to go to the bathroom out there you gotta get you had to get very creative <laughs> yeah that is crazy it's one of yeah. the most it's one of the most impressive performances like from all angles that i feel like i've ever watched um We'll put the link. We'll put the link in the video so so everybody can check it out if they haven't seen it. Yeah, definitely. I don't think that's really still sunk in, to be honest. That's definitely. Have you like watched it since? Yeah, I watch it pretty frequently. Actually, I honestly a lot of my like all of my artists. I'm like that, like really enthusiastic mom that (laughs) constantly like plays the music and videos and. Yeah, it's yeah. so nice to put in, like, put on in the background and just have it playing while you're doing some work or like cooking. I don't know. I love it. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. it's incredible. Um, well, cool. I mean, I don't know, Payne, if you've got anything else or Kate, if you got something that you want to talk about specifically, but, you know, I feel, um, you know, I really can't say it enough. I think you ha- are one of not only the, one of the people that I, I I fuck with the most that I've met in the music business and who I genuinely uh, feel grateful to call friend, but also I think, you know, extremely impressive. Um, I think the way that you got to where you're at is extremely impressive. And I know you're, you're constantly like the rest of us going through your, your struggles trying to figure out how to keep this shit moving and keep it going. But um, I think it, it, it'll definitely, it'll definitely find its way. And that's a, a product of, because of who you are and, and the work that you do yeah no thank you and I think it is like it's it's really nice to be able to like kind of reflect a little bit on the whole story when you look at how far you've come but if that is anything that's helpful to anyone I guess is like something that I always tried to do is just like make the story as cool as possible mm-hmm. like with the time that we've got life generally to like I don't know try crazy shit do stupid things and then it it does sort of get somewhere and even if it doesn't you can look back and be like oh remember that time that I smoked weed and ended up in the Bolivia salt flat desert (laughs) or do you remember that time that I pretended I could tour manage and I couldn't and then you know now we're here so I think yeah I think it's just like about man it's just about trying trying these different things and building those stories and and narrative and 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 I guess being proud of it. So, yeah, yeah. That's my little well, thank piece you. of wisdom. Thank you. thank you so much. Yeah, coming in and and telling us your story. I think it's so important, especially for aspiring uh, managers and executives, to like to hear your story because it's definitely like the 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 blueprint of like, I guess, like how to break in and it's just relentless. Like if it's something that you want to do, if it's something that you really, really are passionate about. Yeah. You just got to go full speed. And just keep doing it as well. Like just keep trying. Like there's so many times there was one thing like before we did this that I was thinking, I was like, I wish that there was someone I could talk to that had been in the industry a certain amount of time 
and how the fuck they kept doing it because so many times I've been like so close to breaking down or throwing in the towel because I was just spent uh and just yeah just not I know it sounds so lame but like really just not giving up mm-hmm. um and I'm, I'm saying this now to I'm, I'm telling myself that at current self that just as much as I'm telling <laughs> my younger self Same. that <laughs> you know it's just like just keep trying I mean it's like it'll get somewhere yeah yeah that's yeah. sick all right well excited to get this one out and and thank you again yeah no thank you guys i'll speak to you soon you did it of course yay <laughs> bye